Hello and welcome to The Cinema Show, where we bring in movie news, reviews, and insights right here on our podcast. I, well, well, I'm Dylan Martin, and I'm feeling like a super-powered ancient god that does not get himself involved in human conflict. That's how I'm feeling. I'm on a high right now. And of course with me, well, well of course with me is the one and only, uh, the, the French would call uh, uh, Jackson. Jackson, how are you? Uh, bonjour. Uh, uh, I was going to say I'm feeling great, but I don't know how to say that. I don't speak a lick of French. Oh, okay. See, I took yeah, two so. semesters of French. And let me tell you, I did a lot better uh, than I did in Spanish. Uh, really? Uh, don't tell my dad that. Uh, I'll, get, <laughs> I'll get disowned again. <laughs> that can for, happen twice? That's well, allowed? When you live a life like mine. <laughs> uh, uh, hey, how, how you been? How you been, Jackson? Uh, I've been good. Uh, yeah. I watched uh, a great movie uh, the other day. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. What did you watch? Uh the French Dispatch. Ooh, so did I. Let me tell you, uh, I I cannot wait to talk about this movie. I actually wanted to talk about this last, but uh, you know what? Ooh. We have another big movie to talk about. So let's, yeah, let's start small. Let's start, uh, this movie kind of felt like an indie, didn't it? A little bit. Of course, with Wes Anderson here. He's back. Wes Anderson is back, baby, in the theaters. I'm so glad. Uh, the French Dispatch, a love letter to journalists set in an outpost for an American newspaper in a fictional 20th century French city that brings to life a collection of stories published in the title, The the French Dispatch. And we have, I mean, I could spend a day talking about the cast that we have here, but uh, just to name a few, we have uh, Benicio del Toro, we have Tilda Swinton, Francis McDormand, uh, Jeffrey Wright, Owen Wilson, Bill Murray, uh, a favorite of Will, uh, Wes Anderson, and of course, uh, uh, Timothy, uh, Timothée Chalamet. Uh, I saw a video recently on how to properly pronounce uh, Timothy Chalamet's name. Uh, that's Timmy. No, no, his French, uh, his French father named him uh, Timothée Chalamet. and so we we have to just stick with that. But yeah, a huge, huge cast, and that's literally half of a. A-list cast that we have around here, and I was glad to catch this in a theater. I'm trying to remember whether or not this is my first ex- theatrical experience with a Wes Anderson film, and I think it is. Oh my god, mine too. I didn't think about that, but yeah, I, I've, I'm all caught up on Wes Anderson. I think I took this since the pandemic. I Like you, I know you've been venturing out into other movies, but so have oh, I, yeah. and I remember going all the way back to Rushmore and actually uh, the lead of that movie, Jason uh, Schwartzman, a young Jason Schwartzman is in this movie as well. And along uh, many other Wes Anderson alumni. And I love this movie. Yeah. uh, This quickly uh, became, uh, as I kept watching it, it quickly became like one of my favorite movies of the year. And I haven't seen, uh, most Wes Anderson. I'm only familiar with uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox and Onward. Mm. Uh, I haven't really delved into his back catalog yet. Yet. Uh, however, I think uh, this is my favorite of his. I would like Ooh. this more than the Grand Budapest Hotel, and I really, really like that one. You know, I will say I was kind of not, not fatigued or getting tired, but 
when the movie started, I was like, okay, you know, a typical Wes Anderson fashion. Everything's placed, you know, where it should be. Everything's really symmetrical. And early on in the movie, it kind of critiques itself. Uh, I guess we can talk about the the way the movie is structured. Mm-hmm. And I, I will say the uh, first quote-unquote story. I don't want to give anything too much away. I would say if you can, go watch it. I know we... Over here in South Texas, we had a little bit of a hard time getting Wes Anderson into the theater here, uh, down here, uh, us heathens. But we finally got it. And if Thank you God. have access to this movie in a theater, now please watch it. Uh, it it's a delight. And uh, like all his other movies, I really hope this movie puts you on like a Wes Anderson high, Jackson. And you go back to like his early movies, like with Rushmore and all that. Uh, because, uh, yeah, he, it's just so great to see him, uh, just such a great filmmaker, I would say. It just feels like he gets better and better, uh, obviously, right? And, and it never takes away, uh, from his craft. You would think, like, this, he's been doing this for decades already. Yeah. And you would think with the A-list cast and uh, he obviously the budgets are going to be a lot bigger uh, that it would kind of take away from the artistry. Yeah, that he would get lost in the sauce. Yeah, and like he would just be an exaggerated version of himself. Like, oh, that's what I was worried this one was going to be. Me too. With with all the previews of like, okay, Wes has jumped the shark with the Grand Budapest and nothing's really ever. He's just going to keep doing the same thing. But boy boy howdy was i pleasantly surprised uh again haven't seen most of half of his work but this doesn't feel like a wes anderson movie at times uh i would i would i would kind of disagree i I think there's a lot of trademark uh wes anderson isms in this movie a lot even to the earlier works of wes anderson uh uh, everything is uh, very theatrical, very stage theater. Oh, uh, yeah. And and that's not a critique at all. I love it. I, I fell in love. I felt like this was so much more theater than any of his other movies. Maybe and, that's what I was getting. Like, it's definitely a, a different vibe than the other ones. Yes. And even not even mentioning, obviously, some stuff that is staged. Uh, even down to its structure, which we kind of mentioned, and I don't want to give too much away, but uh, things are kind of divided into stories, little separate stories, which I love. I, I love the entire concept from the beginning. And exa- it tells you exactly what it's going to be at the beginning, and you look forward to every chapter in this movie. Uh, and even the, the characters here. I, I Maybe uh, let's... Oh, Jeffrey Wright is great. Oh my god, yeah. Everyone in this movie gets a... A chance to shine. Uh, Tilda Swinton, the chameleon actress that she is, is great. I loved her in this. <laughs> and um, even uh, Timothée uh, Chalamet <laughs> uh, is great too. I, I mentioned on the other episode, well, it, it feels like we're seeing another Leonardo DiCaprio before our eyes. I mean, this guy is getting some work. I mean, he just came off a huge franchise uh, with Denis Villeneuve. And then he's working with a, a director like Wes Anderson. I mean, uh, what what can't this guy do? That's a good question. <laughs> uh, but I will say uh, the segment that he was a part of uh, for me was, uh, I don't want to say the weakest in mm. uh, the entire thing, uh, but 
it's just because everything surrounding it was so, so great and entertaining and just a quirky delight that uh, that one, uh, it was uh, it was fine for me. It was okay. Not a lot to chew on there, but everything else was superb. I'm actually surprised that this movie has such a low rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? What is it? As like a 75. What? Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, I'm very surprised at that rating. But this movie is phenomenal. It, it has great. everything. Yeah. Uh, and even like little cameos I didn't expect uh, from here. Even though there was like a huge cast list that was uh, released for this movie, I was still surprised to see a few faces. And I don't even want to give some of them away, but it was great to see. Uh, everyone there and it, didn't, it never took away from the story you know what I mean like uh, for certain actors that come into a movie and it kind of takes you out like oh uh, he's like, oh, hey movie. it's this guy yeah and it no everyone fits their part so well Wes Anderson is so good at that uh, going back to the grand that's the one I've seen the most mm-hmm. uh, so I'm always going to keep going back to that one for me uh, you even like Edward Norton uh <laughs> Uh, Bill Murray, like especially towards the end with all the little key holders and everything, mm-hmm. like oh hey, uh, it's this guy, but they still just fit so naturally into the story, and I I think he just dials that to eleven on this. Yeah, yeah, definitely so, and uh, yeah, you're gonna get your trademark Wes Anderson uh, tropes, I guess at this point. I mean the soundtrack, everything's very symmetrical, very colorful at times, uh, a big cast. A very uh, nice ensemble you have here. And I would think, looking at the cast list here, you have over 20 well-known actors in this movie alone. And I was very scared of it to kind of get lost in all that. And it never did. And, and I think that's because of the structure. If it weren't mm-hmm. structured the way it is, I, I that's another reason why I was scared. There were so many big names. I'm like, okay, what's going what's gonna to happen in this one? But... As the movie just kept going, like, I even, like, 10, 15 minutes in, all my worries went away. I was just completely enthralled with this movie from start to finish. I will say, though, I, w- I did kind of miss early Wes Anderson, where it kind of really stuck with one character, or even uh, like a movie like uh, The Royal Tenenbaums, where it, it's such a neat, structured uh, family, and you kind of get to live with that family and how dysfunctional they are. I, I kind of miss that uh, in this movie. This one kind of felt a little more... Um, it was more in love with its own concept rather than kind of like deep dive into the characters. And... Um, it, and maybe it wouldn't have worked if it did really focus in on... Uh, like Bill Murray, who's pretty much the the movie kind of centers around, kind of in a way. Mm-hmm. I mean, kind of begins and then kind of really ends uh, with that character. And maybe if we would have stuck more with Bill Murray, but again, the way it's structured, it wouldn't have worked. And I think Wes Anderson made the movie he he really really wanted to make. And and just the and I mentioned the synopsis, a love letter, but it really is a love letter to journalism. And French cinema, which uh, I can't really speak on. I haven't seen my fair share of French cinema. Um, yeah. But 
there was a whole bunch that I saw this at Alamo. They were showing a whole bunch of like, so you want to get into French cinema, huh? And they were showing all of these clips from all these different movies. And I can't even begin to imagine what Wes Anderson packed into this. Yeah, all the references and homages. I will say, though, I went to Cinemark and mm-hmm. it was on a Monday night and the theater was packed. Really? For Eternals. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there was only three other people in the theater watching this movie. Uh, it was in the smallest house in the theater. I was just happy they were showing it to begin with. Uh, they were only showing it in one house while the movie gets like five screens. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was great. It, it was great. Uh, I, I always talk about the shared experiences in the, in watching movies and how I love that. Uh, yeah, we all shared a chuckle. We all had the same experience. And it was it was great to what uh kind of go through that with a handful of people yeah no, again first time in a theater with a Wes anderson movie and right from the get-go uh the y- you could just tell that the audience there was here to see this movie because they truly loved and cared about what was going to be presented to them mm-hmm. on the screen and in every moment that we shared you could just feel that it's that interconnectivity that that shared experience i guess and not really much spoilers to talk about really with this type of movie you, you no, know there's no uh, big post credit it's just more scene so the, the experience end. itself yeah. uh if you really love wes anderson or even have a interest in this movie like an inkling of an interest do yourself a favor and watch this it's so worth it it's worth every penny you know i was thinking about the wes anderson isms and the one that stood out to me was uh it came from fantastic mr fox and i don't know if you noticed it but it was when uh benicio del toro would growl (laughs) yeah that to me was like that's fantastic mr fox (laughs) (laughs) it was great for him to implement that like so so animated and then for to see somebody like benicio del toro do that uh that was uh that was fun that was fun it's a fun movie. Uh, yeah. Adrian Brody, I think, is my standout Ooh. of the from each little snippet. Mm-hmm. I think Adrian Brody to me. Uh, oh, but Jeffrey Wright, Dude, though. Oh, he did so have well. Have you seen What If? Sorry to bring up Marvel, but <laughs> I guess that's going to be our connection to the next movie. But have you seen yeah. uh, What If? I've seen the first three episodes okay. and I still haven't gotten to the rest of that's them. That's totally fine. If you get to the, like the last two. Yeah. If you get down to the last two it really focuses more on the watcher and Ooh, Jeffrey okay. Wright's voice is just amazing. I really can't wait to see him as uh commissioner Gordon in the Batman movie. That's yeah. what I'm looking forward to the most that of all the <laughs> actors in that movie, uh, Jeffrey Wright anyways. Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and rate it and let's, uh, let's jump into the next movie here. Uh, how we do it here on the cinema show is we rate it by the ticket price. You go to the box office and you decide how much this movie is going to be worth. So Jackson from one to $10, 10 being the best. How much would you pay to watch Wes Anderson's French dispatch? Sorry, the French dispatch. Oh yes. Uh, I would not mind paying nine fifty, if not just a flat out 10, if I had no change or if I just had a crisp 10, and I was feeling good that day. It was like, you know what? Keep the 50 cents. Hey, look at that. Um, I would actually go a nice solid. Ooh, um, It's not one of my favorite 
of Wes Anderson's. It is definitely yeah. You have you have, you you have the whole catalog down. Yeah, yeah, and and it's up there for one of my favorites of the year for sure. I would have to go with a solid nine, a nice crisp five, and a couple of uh, wrinkled up. But then I I iron them out on my pants because that's how much I respect <laughs> Wes Anderson and. Uh, some four ones <laughs> on there, nine, nine dollars, uh, and hey, don't feel bad about that. That that's a good score. No, it's great. Yeah, and but I hope those who have never seen a Wes Anderson movie, I would say this would be a great introduction to him. And absolutely, and if not, it's a great time to binge Wes Anderson movies leading up to this movie. I think you would appreciate Wes Anderson a lot more having binge all his previous works and then going into this movie. I might have to catch it again after I binge everything. Yeah, definitely binge it. It's going to be... Uh, and I would not mind doing it's so. It's going to be fun. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us here. But for those who have watched The French Dispatch, let us know what you think. And uh, just, you know, say hi while you're there on the internet. You know? Uh, safe surfing. Absolutely. Stay safe on the web there. All right. Let's move on. Uh, I'm trying to think of a, a connection between uh, this movie and the next movie we're about to talk about. Uh, but hey, uh, Jeffrey Wright, he's uh, he voices the Watcher, MCU. Uh, let's talk about the MCU. Segway. Uh, <laughs> we don't always need graceful segways. No. We, can, we can just get right Let, into let's it. Let's go into it, okay? And uh, this sci-fi epic has a huge cast as well and uh, comes from a visionary director Oh, wait, hold on. Sorry. That's Dune. Oh, we already talked about Dune. Oh, okay. Uh, let's... <laughs> uh, the Eternals, a race of immortal beings with superhuman powers who have secretly lived on Earth for thousands of years, reunite to battle the evil deviants. This clum- this clums? Hello? Uh, this comes <laughs> from Chloe Zhao, and it's starring uh, an array. That's Academy Award winner, Chloe Zhao, to you. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me put some respect on her name, the graceful, the elegant, the lovely, uh, very highly respected Chloe Zhao. We love you, Chloe Zhao. Thank you for giving us Nomadland. And when I saw uh, Frances McDormand pretending to be a hobo, the first thing I thought when I saw that movie, I was like, I want this woman to direct an MCU movie. And you know what? That's what we got. We have Angelina Jolie. We have Richard Madden. We got Gemma Chan. Uh, for those who don't know them, uh, we have other people you might know. Uh, Selma Hayek. Uh, Kumail Nanjiani. Yes. Uh, well, who else? We we got, an, we got a huge cast here. We got uh, uh, Brian Tyree Henry. Don't know. Yeah. Godzilla vs. Kong. Yeah. The Dad in Spider-Verse. There you go. We got uh, Barry uh, Keoghan. Yeah. Uh, uh, indie fan favorite. Uh, we have Don Lee. We have uh, Kit Harrington. You know, uh, Game of Thrones fans, we, I'm sure you know him. And for those who don't know, we also have Lauren uh, Ridloff. And also, I'd never heard of this one, uh, this actress before. She's young. Uh, Leah McHugh. Yeah, good for her. Yeah. Oh, and can't forget Gilgamesh, uh, Ma Dong Seok. Oh, yes. Ma Dong Seok. Yes. Seok. Uh, he was in Train to Busan. I loved him in that oh, movie. Oh, I didn't know that. And I'm so glad that he got a role in, in the MCU. Nice. Uh, yeah, so watch it in theaters. I mean, it's in every single theater now. Uh, watch it in IMAX. Yes. Pay $20 per ticket. Watch it in IMAX, <laughs> please. And uh, before I get into it, uh, I, 
I guess we should just talk about the controversy, I guess, uh, the, the reception of this movie. Uh, the This is the lowest rated MCU movie of them all. You know, uh, Thor The Dark World, you know, it looks like Citizen Kane compared to this movie. Maybe <laughs> yeah. talk to the critics. It, uh, based off the critics, I'm not talking about me personally. Uh, but, uh, uh, Jackson, what did you think of Eternals? I don't understand what all the big hullabaloo <laughs> about this movie is. So, it's definitely not the worst MCU movie. That still handily goes to Thor The Dark World. Mm. Um, but it's not the best. It's But it's not the worst. It's not the worst thing that Marvel's put out. Actually, I'll revise that statement. Yeah. I dislike Iron Man 2 more than Thor The Dark World. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, I don't, it's fine. It's better than Black Widow. I, where was the, where was the controversy for Black Widow? True. I guess it came in the lawsuit. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, I don't know why everyone is so up in arms on the, it's so, it's the most polarizing film. It's, uh, critics hate it. And, uh, it's a low box office return. Lower than Shang-Chi. Is the Eternals doomed? No. It, it's gonna be fine, especially when this is like Kevin Feige's brainchild. Like it's gonna be fine. He he's going to keep making Eternal and keep incorporating them. I mean, look at the post credit scene. Who they got for that? You know, mm. it, this franchise, this uh, budding franchise, <laughs> is it's fine. And we just got word today that Chloe Zhao is directing Kevin Feige's Star Wars movie. Huh. Look at oh that's right he was gonna produce a, a Star Wars movie, mm-hmm. and he picked Chloe Zhao to write and direct it. Wow, look at that! So uh, her future at Disney is still fine. Again, there's better Marvel movies, but there are definitely worse Marvel movies. It's fine. There, most of the DC. I, I guess what is so staggering about it is that people hold the MCU on such a high pedestal, the stands, and whenever they produce even something that isn't firmly planted on both feet. Everyone is like, oh, I, this is the end of the MCU. Everyone, it's all coming down. <laughs> no. The, the, the DCEU was flopping around for its first five years. Everything's going to be fine. It's just one two and a half hour movie, okay? Really quick, I want to just address like the expectations of this movie because I do not know one person who was looking forward to an Eternals movie. Okay, the, uh, for those who don't know the Eternals, uh, they come from Jack Kirby, who is probably one of the most iconic uh, comic artists of all time. And he's known for his very unique style and very vibrant colors on the comic book panels. And uh, even then, even with all that said, nobody really knew who the Eternals were, you know? And... I just, I was very surprised when they announced this movie and then uh, things were coming out and I was not really excited about this movie. I, I I just, something about these higher, almighty, superpowered beings that you cannot relate to. I mean, the DCU kind of took a shot at that, right? And look how that turned out, you know? And so when all this news was, was coming about come was coming out about this movie. Um, I was just eh about it, and then the trailer came out, and the synopsis of this movie, uh, 
was revealed within the trailer and it just made me even less excited and with that being said i'm gonna quote an audience member uh, in the movie that i was watching a screening that i was at i'm gonna quote them uh, when i review this movie and this is what they had to say <laughs> This movie was boring. I'm sorry. I Look, you could put the, the prettiest people, and, and by God, this is a very beautiful cast. You know? I, I mean, diverse. You know, people it's like, oh, it's got diversity, all this stuff. Yeah, 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 whatever. They're all hot. Okay? that You want to talk about diversity? I want some... Uh, well, the exception of one person. Oh, who, whoa, whoa, hey. The kid. Oh, I mean, she's a, I mean, she's, she's like, oh, okay, I know what you mean. Hell, yeah. <laughs> pump the brakes there. <laughs> uh, aside from the kid. Uh, I mean, ever, I want to see an ugly superhero, okay? You know, you want to talk about diversity? Give me someone ugly this time around, okay? That's the true diversity I want to see. Uh, but anyways. Hey, and they're even continuing the hot person with the person we got in the end credit scene, or the mid credit. Yeah, we'll get to that. Instead of diversity, what I wanted from this movie was personality. That's what I wanted, because I got none of that from any of these people. Uh, maybe aside from one, which... Really quick, this ain't a spoiler. Shout out to the actor Harish Patel, who plays uh, Karan. He is my, oh my God, he is the soul, the heart of this movie. I want a movie of him. Leave it to the human to be the soul of the movie. And yes, and I feel like the writers knew that and they had to inject some type of humanity into this movie because everybody was so dour and boring. And the entire time I was thinking about Zack Snyder in this movie, I was like, oh, this is very deep and very everyone's dour and everyone's uh." I heard someone say online, uh, Zack Snyder should have directed Eternals. You know what? I, I can agree more. And I feel like Chloe Zhao uh, should have directed a different movie because she got handed a terrible screenplay, even though she was a part of it. Uh, there's two other people on there as well, or actually three. Uh, Kaz... Frippo, Ryan Frippo, and Patrick uh, Brule. I don't know. I've never heard of these people. Uh, maybe they're TV writers. Who knows? Good on them. But uh, yeah, even our leads here, uh, Gemma Chan and Richard Madden, uh, our love interest here, uh, just just two wooden boards on the screen. I I You know what's funny? I was reading an article that Chloe Zhao actually trimmed a few characters that are were supposed to be in this movie. We had 10 Eternals and we're supposed to have like a dozen or 13. And I said, I I'm here saying they should have cut down even more. They, we could have eight or seven people because half of this movie was getting the band back together. And at the beginning of every one of those scenes was, Hey, this person died. And we had to spend like a minute of just pouting, and then we get an MCU joke. And then we keep on going with this movie. We keep on going. Who? Who who wanted this movie? Who? So uh, I will uh, go on a little tangent about the, the writers. Go for it. Matthew Furpo hasn't really done much. Uh, he and uh, Ryan Furpo wrote a movie called Prodigy together. And then Ryan Furpo has written another movie called The Aliens Are Stealing Our Weed. <laughs> and... Uh, Patrick Burley, or Burley, uh, was a writer on Peter Rabbit 2. And then throw Oscar Award winner Chloe Zhao in there. And I, I think 
I can see where the uh, the foundation for this house wasn't all that strong. They built it on old rotting wood. Yeah, and then they just sprayed a, a good coat of resin over it with Chloe Zhao so she could do something. And I see, she showed through what I was a little bit. Too. Uh, I assume that's that was a situation that was it was under because I would think a director like Chloe Zhao. Now I don't know if she made this movie before or after Nomadland. Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah, I, I have no idea. But anyways, the two criticisms I have, like there's two sides of a debate going on, and that's whether this is like by far the most MCU movie of the MCU movies, or this is nothing like an MCU movie. And I'm like in the middle. I feel like this is a movie. This is a Chloe Zhao movie that is trapped in an MCU movie and is trying so hard to break out of. And it can't. Hit the nail right on the head. Right? And because, again, like the, the quips, you know, like it was way too dour. And it just kept repeating itself over and over again. It was just exhausting. It was like, uh, this person's dead. Joke. Exposition. Point A. Point B. Rinse and repeat. Rinse and repeat. Until we get to an ending that just kind of like stumbles into the third act. Which, by the oh, way, I thought you were talking about the ending, ending. Which, boy, oh, oh, like the the very last moment of the movie, uh, yeah. excluding the post credit scenes. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That it was just abrupt, and it felt like this entire movie was a placeholder. One, this movie would have benefited hugely being a Disney Plus series. Oh my god. Well, actually, another thing that we just saw today is mm. that the writers are begging for a prequel show for the eternals on disney plus felt like the prequel show <laughs> exactly are you kidding me like the movie like oh my god the pacing and the structure of this movie was just everywhere like it was exhausting it felt like a comic book to me i i enjoyed that like uh this one felt like and i see where kevin feige was coming through this one felt like a comic book from its structure standpoint like if i hmm. was viewing this as like just a single issue kind of like Watchmen type deal, you know, okay, where it was yeah. just the one and done. It was structured like a comic book and it felt like one to me mm -hmm. with all the themes that it brings up and all the going back and forth with everything. Um, and I think that's why I enjoyed it a lot more than most people did. Again, mm. not my favorite. It's not even in my top 15 MCU movies, Yeah, which is crazy to say. <laughs> this is like our... 23rd 25th mcu movie something like that uh yeah if we're excluding are you counting uh spider-man oh yeah well okay they're then, MCU. yeah then this would be the 26th mcu movie wow we got 26 movies in the span of 12 years and bonded 25 and nearly 60 <laughs> yeah isn't that something and maybe it's because i'm coming off of black widow but like, I was just bored again in the theater for an MCU. Like, I'm having such a better time at home with the MCU right now than I am in the theater. Like, uh, maybe, again, I'm from, like, what's the opposite of a high? I'm, like, on a on a lull with, like, Black yeah, Widow. Why just... You crashed. I, yeah, I, like, I'm crashing right now. Like, the MCU desperately need needed a break. And I, I think I'm just, like, still feeling the effects of Endgame. And I'm still like, I feel like I'm just dragging at this point. I don't know. Like this movie felt yeah, like a even placeholder. Even Shang-Chi, the shot in the arm that that was, I feel like that was 
long ago, and we're still back in this crash. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, okay, really quick sidebar, but not a sidebar. You talk about the Marvel stands, right? And you feel, and I feel the opposite way. I feel like at this point, Marvel stands will desperately try to defend this movie at all cost. That's why I think on Rotten Tomatoes, the audience score is so up just because of the backlash from the critics. That's the only reason why I think there's a huge rating uh, that's high in the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. They're doing the opposite of what happened to Captain Marvel. They're review bombing it, but with positive reviews. Yeah, yeah. Guys, please watch this movie so this billion trillion dollar corporation can keep making content so I can watch and don't have to think about anything ever. Speaking of Marvel stands, I have a story. Ooh. So, story time. This relates to Eternals. I I go swing by GameStop, you know, I browse, I see, you know, what I, I just like to browse after work, okay? Forgive me. I like to window shop at GameStop. Don't judge me. Anyways, I'm there, and I'm looking at the action figures, as I do, as a collector, obviously. Uh, and then, I, I'm not even exaggerating. I wish I was. I wish I was. Burst into the store, this teenage girl, she is, like, on a mission to find something. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, what is this little girl do? I mean, no, no, she was, like, she was probably in high school. But she was, like, a little nerdy girl. She was, like, running, looking everywhere, and she finds the action figure that she's been looking for and the excitement on her face. I think her head would have exploded if there wasn't 10 other figures that she was looking for. They're all there. And do you know what that figure was? One of the Eternals. Was it Cersei? The freaking main villain, the, the fully evolved deviant at the end of the movie. I don't even know the damn name. Also, uh, for those who didn't know, um, the, Deviant, I don't know who's and uh, his name is in the movie, is voiced by Pennywise himself, Bill Skarsgård. Oh. Yeah. Anyways, this girl was excited about this figure. And she and I was right next to her. I was looking at the uh the comic book uh action figures, and she was like, Oh my god, I finally got it. I was calling a Walmart, every Target, every GameStop to find this figure. And in my head, I'm like, Do you even know who that is? <laughs> like <laughs> Like, I think she was like, I don't know. I feel like Marvel stands and just movie, th this weird sub genre of stands are just like so accustomed to like being so excited for the next product that they'll psych themselves out and just buy all the merchandise and get themselves ready. And no matter how the movie comes out, they're going to love it. Yeah, that's what Disney wants. They, they want to brainwash their audience. She is the perfect like consumer for Marvel, like whatever they feed, she will eat. That's it. it. It was just mind boggling that this like even if I was excited for Eternals, I haven't even seen the movie yet. This was like three weeks before the movie came out. Holy crap. Yeah, this, <laughs> this was like almost a month ago that this happened. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's what makes it even crazier. She was like excited. Like she was looking at the back of the box. She's like, I got this one. I got I got Cersei. I got Icarus. I just need to find her and then him. And then my collection's complete. I'm like, girl, the, the movie doesn't come out for another month. How are you already like a mega stan for this movie? Imagine Ow. she she imagine real quick if she took all the figures with her it's to the still, premiere. Still in the box. 
<laughs> she has all of them like in a suitcase or something. And she's watching the movie. And the longer it goes on, she's like, <laughs> she just keeps looking down at the at her figures, hundreds of dollars worth of figures <laughs> that she's bought accumulated at this point. Yeah, the figures are like twenty dollars each. And there's ten Eternals. Yes. There's the Deviant, whose name is Crow with a K. Oh, cool. Oh, also, cool. yeah, uh, he, they he don't comes, say that once. He comes in a bigger box, so he's a little bit more expensive. So, like, maybe thirty bucks. Okay, of course, of course, yeah, yeah of course, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then they probably got one for uh, Dane, uh, Kit Harrington's character, of course, right? Oh, they probably yeah. got one for the Celestial, right? Ooh, yeah. Uh, probably Disney chucks out toys like it's nothing. So I, I wonder, uh, having completed her collection, that's that's risky. Yeah, it's not a really good investment. No. If you think about it. Especially if, like, majority of the people think it sucks. <laughs> yeah, and they, they come like they come over to her house, and they're in her room, and they're like, why do you have all these Eternals figures? That movie sucks. And she's just <laughs> heartbroken. <laughs> Didn't we learn already not to do this? Didn't we learn not to buy the merchandise before? Didn't we learn that with The Force Awakens? Okay, She's this... young. She probably doesn't... She was a kid when that came out. That's true. I, I'm kind of projecting because I bought a bunch of uh, Captain Phasma uh, figures oh. before. I was the one. I was... You know what? I could relate. I was like her when I was in college. <laughs> this was her was Force a... Awakens. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's weird. That is weird. I know Not even old. nearly as huge of a cultural landmark. <laughs> That's so... Cr- I don't know. Like, who? who was... Aside from that girl... And shout out to her if she's listening. I'm sorry if we're dogging on you. Like, no no disrespect. I just thought it was very funny. It was an observation. I was making an observation. I didn't know why you would be excited for an Eternals movie. Look, and same thing could be said for the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, right? Nobody knew Yeah, everyone was saying that was going to be Marvel's first flop. But it looked fun. Like, the trailer, when that trailer dropped for the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie, you were hooked. Hooked Hooked on on a feeling. Ah, See, it was James Gunn. It was fun. You got a, a talking uh, raccoon with a walking tree. It just looked fun. It was zany. It was colorful. It was weird. And then you look at Eternals. It's like, we're just going to be on Earth and uh, watch slavery happen. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, give me some fun, baby. Uh, like, Endgame just happened. We we saw Iron Man die right before our eyes. That was I, I two wanted... years ago. You're not over it? Come on. I'm over it. That's the point. I, I want to like have a fresh start. Okay, I want to. Yeah. I want it to get fun. You know, like the the Hawkeye series looks more fun. Well, yeah. I mean, no disrespect to Chloe Zhao, but again, like you said, who, who saw Nomadland or who saw her <laughs> previous work and thought that's it? That's exactly what we need for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I mean, okay. Yeah. I enjoyed the thing. I. I'm just gonna come out and say it. I rated this a seven. I don't oh, think God. it's all that bad. I enjoyed my time with it. It didn't need to be two and a half hours long. And that's just a larger criticism for a bunch of movies that don't have to be two and a half hours. We have a lot of two and a half hour movies this year. Endgame yeah. came out and everyone was like, oh, we can do longer movies, which kind of eats into ticket sales. Don't you think? Yeah. Anyway. You, th- you, you would think you want it short and fast, like 90 minutes. Yeah, getting, like Venom, Let There Be Carnage. There's a reason why it made 90 million in its opening weekend and this made 71. Yeesh. 
when the sequel to Venom makes more than an MCU project, I think that spells trouble in the water. Anyway, I enjoyed all the themes. Uh, I some of our care, uh, most of our characters are just kind of not used properly. I think the only character who really got the most bang for their buck was Richard Madden, Icarus. I think he was like the most comparatively, he was the most well developed character. But even then, it all... Ha- he only made one face in the entire movie. It, yeah, see? it, Which was nothing. <laughs> it's better than our Prime Eternal having no personality whatsoever other than she likes Instagram. Oh, yeah. Like, exactly. Both of our main leads, which, by the way... Tell me a character trait about Cersei. I, no, I can't. I can't tell you a, exactly. a character trait about any of them. I really can't. Like... Like, uh, uh, Brian Tyree Henry's character, right? Like, his logic, he's probably supposed to be the smartest one of the group, right? And they're like, hey, help us save the world. He's like, no, I'm gonna stick with my husband and my child. It's like, hey, idiot, the world's gonna end and you won't have a husband and child to care for. Like, you might as well go and try, like... (sighs) Yeah, I... I don't don't get it either. There's a... I like Druig. You know what? I thought he was cool. Druig is cool. But I think it's the actor that I like more than the character. If it was another actor playing him, I it would have been boring. Uh, but I think Barry... Uh, Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Barry Keoghan has such a presence to him. Uh, especially having seen him in other works. I'm always inter- interested to see him on screen. But aside from that, if you put another actor in that role, uh, it, it would have been boring. It, it really would have. I, I like... There was more chemistry between him and Lauren... Uh, well, I don't know, um, Makari? Makari's the actor, the, oh, yeah. the character. Their relationship was a lot more fun compared to our leads. Which, by the way, yeah. uh, uh, kids, uh, for kids that are listening right now, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. uh, tune out really quick. We see intercourse in an MCU movie. Like, full-on yeah. <laughs> intercourse. <laughs> and, like, in the first five minutes, you see a dad just get fully eaten. That That's an unbroken <laughs> shot. He just gets eaten whole by a deviant. And now, my first... There are kids here! And then the sex scene happens, and I'm thinking, there are kids here! <laughs> yeah, I... Oh, I watched it twice in theaters. <laughs> twice? I, wow. Well, I watched for myself, like, just to get it out of the way, and then uh, my, my family wanted to watch it. I'm like, okay, here we go again. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I kind of wanted to, like... Uh, get out of it but my brothers were really looking forward to it and uh i wanted to tell my mom like there's a sex scene in there we shouldn't go but they wanted to go i covered their eyes it's fine but there were other kids in the audience too who again they were expecting like a fun ant-man iron man captain america spider-man baby and like there's sex on the beach and it's a very like intimate moment and you could yeah and, and, and you could feel that weird vibe in the room already. Like, you, the, you can hear, like, the gasp of parents, like, oh! <laughs> like, this is the last time we take them to an MCU movie. Yeah, right? Like, who? God knows it's gonna be in Spider-Man. <laughs> Aunt May, we're looking at you, baby. Uh, <laughs> Even from, like, the, the very first moments of the movie, with just the text on the black screen, I'm like, there are kids here. They're not gonna read that. Oh, yeah, in the beginning. Oh, which it felt like Blade Runner. Which, by the way, I was thinking of Steve Rogers when uh, we found out that uh, uh, the Sentinels, I uh, know uh, the uh, uh, 
the gods. What are they called? The big guys. The uh, celestials. Uh, celestials. Yeah, they're yeah. essentially like gods, and they're the ones that created life in the universe. <laughs> and I was thinking of Steve Rogers, and I'm like, there's only one god, and he doesn't dress like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then that too, like they're. This movie broke a lot of ground in terms of the MCU. It broke new ground! <laughs> it really did. Like, I feel like it shunned away a lot of people. And I'm not talking about the homophobic crowd and uh, the diverse, the anti-diversity crowd. Uh, I'm not talking about... <laughs> Racist. Uh, not those schmucks, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't want deaf people in my uh, movies. Uh, <laughs> I'm talking about, like, uh, the religion. I, like, I didn't think we would get that deep of, like, this is how the and M- flat out saying that humans aren't worth saving <laughs> and like they're yeah I and I appre- I think that's why people have a strong reaction against this because it's not your typical MCU movie and I like it a lot more because it's not and that doesn't mean like it's automatically good it, of course the movie has to stand on its own merits yeah. but uh, Chloe Zhao definitely shines through whenever she can. And you feel that. And I I, I enjoyed that. Mm. I enjoyed those moments. I don't know. I, I just, I like my MCU, even though I have a lot of criticisms of it. I I would rather get another one of these than another Black Widow or Falcon Winter Soldier. Ooh. Hands down. Any day of the week. I would rather have another Eternals-like movie than another Black Widow. You know what? I rather much, damn it. I hate to say this, but if given the choice to watch Black Widow or Eternals, at least in Black Widow, there's some type of personality you could grab onto. Like, there's at least some, like, uh, Florence Pugh's character. She's charming. Yeah. She's charming, right? Uh, in this one, it, I just felt like... Uh, like, I felt nothing. Like, I, I just felt like uh, and we'll talk about it in spoilers, and we should get to it now because we've been talking about Eternals more than I thought we would. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot to this movie. There's a lot to uh, attack, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, let's just go into spoilers, and let's rate it really quick. Uh, I know you said seven. Are you going to stick with that? Are you going to stick with seven? Yeah, I, I feel like on a bad day, you could go to like six and a half, maybe even like a, a full six, but I'm sitting comfortable at a seven. Um, I recommend it. I, especially if you're like an MCU stan, um, if you haven't already seen it, or if you're just like the occasional Marvel. Well, see, I don't know. Who's this movie for? I guess it's for people like me who are <laughs> tired of traditional MCU and want something different that I, I don't know. I, it's a hard movie to recommend, but I, I do. I definitely think everyone should go out and see it. It's, it's a different experience. It's not Black Widow. Thank God. What's given all the other MCU movies a pass, even like the terrible ones, even like Thor The Dark World, right? At least there is some type of humanity that you can relate to. And I'd rather have a a subpar MCU movie that's going to actually make me laugh and enjoy what's going on in the screen than this a very, and I hate to say this word, but very pretentious, just very deep, uh, without any any true meaning behind it at the end. Because we can talk about how it's a deconstruction of superheroes and all this stuff, 
But at the end, save the world type of movie at the end of the day and doesn't really say anything. Again, like Zack Snyder. (laughs) So, and, and you know what? More uh, fuel to the fire. I'd rather watch Batman v Superman than watch this movie. Whoa. I am sorry. I, I, I'd rather watch that. I, I don't want to watch this movie ever again. I really don't. And I don't. Ever again. I don't. I, I'm okay with not watching this movie at all again. Wow. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I, I didn't think I would respond. To, I thought it was just going to be like a fine movie. But the more I think about it, it's like, I don't know. It, it's not even a polar. Like, I'm not, I'm not like switching back and forth how I, I feel about this movie. I just, it just reminded me like what I hated about Zack Snyder so much. And it just, at least with Zack Snyder, I can look at the screen and be like, hey, that's Superman. That's Batman. Yay. <laughs> Here, I don't notice anybody. I'm like, oh, hey, that's evil Superman. But I already got that with Zack Snyder and like four other iterations of the character. Uh, there's a fast person. Oh, okay. The Flash. Um, there's someone that who controls people with their minds. Uh, uh, Freaking, uh, what's his name? Uh, shoots little things out of his fingertips. Yeah. Not even the powers are interesting. Yeah, why did Kamel Nanjiani get like ripped for this movie? I don't know. If he, he's just gonna he was in a shoot s- little fireballs. He was in a suit the entire time. I don't Yeah. Anyway, what would you rate oh, it? Oh yeah, rate it. Oh ah! um <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at the my MCU ranking, and at the bottom five I have uh, in no particular order, but I have Thor the Dark World, uh Captain Marvel, uh Iron Man two and Black Widow, and rounding out number Whoa. and and uh, Age of Ultron actually. Oh wow! But I, it's gonna be there somewhere for sure. Wow! I think right now I'm, I, I don't know. Not even Ant Ant Man and the Wasp. Uh, that one's right above Age of Ultron. Wow! But even then, I I have mine switched like that. Okay, I see. I don't know, like, even with Iron Man 2, at least I have Robert Downey Jr. At least I have Sam Rockwell, who's memorable. At the bird, at the bird. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) There's some type of uh, enjoyment in those movies. This one, eh, just, it's not my cup of tea. I'm good. If I want to see a deconstruction of superheroes, I'll watch Watchmen. You know, I'll watch uh, uh, The Boys on Amazon Prime, which is a great series. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'll give it a four. Wow. Yeah, sorry. Visually, it looks great. The actors are great. Uh, and that's it. (laughs) (laughs) The dialogue's terrible. Uh, it's, yeah. Let's go into spoilers. Spoilers. Uh, okay. So, I already got my beef. Uh, I I squashed it with the MCU fans, right? The fanatics, you know, the the girls that rush into GameStop and... And uh, try to find the figure. Anyways, I got a problem with the One Direction stands. You oh, yeah. pieces of shit. This got sp- <laughs> this got spoiled for me on Twitter. I have one person I follow on Twitter that is a huge. She she's one of those that like repost anything that Harry Style does, like. If he trips on the street, I'll know about it because she retweets the <laughs> crap out of it and the 10 articles that are published about it. And I randomly, Harry Styles is, is in the MCU and in internals. I'm like, what the 
Oh, okay. Fuck. I like. I knew he was trying to be an actor and all that, but I. I mean, I wish that would that was going to be a secret for me. And. Uh yeah. So uh, apparently Harry Styles is playing Star Fox, who is the brother of Thanos. Is he purple? No. Does he got a weird chin? No. Does he look like a fox and fly in a thing with a bunny telling him to do a barrel roll? No. 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 He, he looks like Harry Styles. And he also is an Eternal. And I guess spoiler on top of spoiler, uh, Eternals, as if I couldn't relate to them anymore, they are robots. Yeah. They are yep. AI robots who have less personality than Wally. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And you know what's funny? Uh, oh, uh, and and uh, a little troll, a drunk troll comes out. Yeah, what's his name? A terrible Pip? CGI, by oh the way. Oh, my God. Yeah, that didn't look good at all. Voiced by uh, Pat Oswalt, if it wasn't apparent. And, <laughs> uh, in, and this is funny. Both times I got the same reaction from the audience. You had this weird troll thing coming out, right? And I was like, oh, who's down the hallway? And he comes out and everyone's laughing like, oh, what's this quirky, weird CGI monstrosity? And then he does uh, introducing, dun, da, 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 dun. and everyone's like, oh, okay, who would, who is it, baby? Like, who are we getting, right? Like, who's going to be the next MCU character? Everyone's already, everyone's gasping, everyone's whispering, oh, it's going to be that. Oh, it might be Loki. Oh, uh. And then Harry Styles comes out, and everyone's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cared. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> cared. <laughs> Oh, I didn't even talk about my theater experience. This was the... Uh, even Venom 2 wasn't as bad as this audience was. You had people on their phones. You had children crying. You had people just running up and down the aisle, making as much noise as possible. You had people talking. There were phones going off. Uh, whether that be phone calls or texts... It, Every everything was here. Um, this is the most I had ever felt like movie theaters are back. <laughs> I feel like people just checked out of the movie. At, yeah, what a! I could not think of a worse way to start such a out of left field concept for the MCU than to start the mm -hmm. movie with white text on a black background. Already, you're gonna lose more than half of your audience right there. I, I do not I I appreciate I I I enjoyed this movie. I like Chloe uh, props to Chloe, props to Kevin. Um but I, I I don't know what Kevin was thinking on this one. For those listening, really quick, just Google Eternals movie and just go to Google Images and scroll down, right? You're going to get a lot of gray, a lot of neutral colors. Go back and Google image jack kirby art oh. and you'll see a vast difference and that was my biggest thing like in the entire time i was like would jack kirby even like this movie like i feel like it was just a disrespect to the man's work well it really was to me because with chloe zhao like so much of the beauty of nomadland was the very natural lighting and the the landscape shots and everything and how natural and muted it all looked and again i'm not sure why you would choose that style for an eternals movie with jack kirby's art too it, it, i like what chloe Zhao did but i don't think she was the person for this movie i, I just don't make this because i 
who who is the right person to make this movie, right? And I'm racking my brain. I don't think there is one. I just don't think this movie... Uh, I appreciate... Kevin's made Disney billions, if not trillions of dollars with what he's done. Mm. So he gets one. He gets one passion project, and it's this. And I just... I, I don't get it. Well... Kevin Feige did try to do this before. I don't know if you remember Inhumans. Yeah, that's right. And I feel like, you know, it got to his head. The success of Endgame and the entire Infinity Saga wrapping up. He's like, you know what? I'm going to take another crack at it. Bring me Eternals, baby. Yeah, forget forget about uh, Inhumans, which is pretty much like a, a very sophisticated uh, gods in space kind of thing and he wanted to do it again with the Eternals. it doesn't work nobody cares about these higher beings that are that are very uh you can't even touch you know they're, they're so uh they exude god-like powers and and their presence nobody cares about that it's so disconnected like this is why the mcu has always worked because you can relate to spider-man you can relate to even thor uh in some uh, respect you can relate to these characters when you have it so disconnected, you lose me. You instantly lose me. And from the beginning, I was never behind this movie. And I got what I got. And I'm not even surprised. I'm trying to picture... Because uh, any other of, of the Eternals, they have more personality than Cersei does. I'm just trying to picture Cersei interacting with any other MCU character. And it just doesn't... Like I can't. It I that just does not compute. You know what I, I was thinking of? I was thinking of the and it's in my uh, bottom five. The party scene where the Avengers are trying to pick up uh, Thor's hammer in Age of Ultron, and that's such a fun little moment in that movie. It's the best part of the movie, I believe. It, it's like you love these characters. You're sitting down with them here, and you're having fun. And then you bring somebody like Cersei to walk in the room and just kills the mood. That's what that uh, whole that's a... lunch scene was supposed to be. That was supposed to be their Thor hammer. Oh, yeah. I didn't get that. Yeah. Um. L- let's move on. Uh, let's just talk about the... Uh... Oh, let's talk about the Deviants. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Deviants. Uh, uh, I mean, Evolution, you know, they, they're they okay. They're, they're CGI monsters that we need to fight. Um, Angelina yeah. Jolie has like this PTSD Alzheimer's thing going on. Uh, very convenient for you know her to have it come on and whenever whenever she needs to. Um, it's cool. I mean, the, the actors are fine. Everyone's fine. Everyone came to do their job. Uh, so I'm. It's more in the writing that I'm more like, damn, like you wasted all these great actors. Yeah, because Angelina Jolie, I don't think is gonna come back. And if she is, she's going to get an exorbitant amount of money for a five-minute yeah. part. Yeah. Uh, I really don't think she's going to come back for Eternals 2, if that ever happens. Uh, sure. I mean... It, um, I mean, they set it up right at the end. What an awful ending. That should have been the mid-credit oh, yeah. scene. And Harry Styles should have yeah, been the post-credit why... scene. Why do we have a Blade tease as the oh, post-credit yeah. so, scene? Okay. I will say, uh, the, the Black Knight which is uh, Kid Harrington's uh, character eventually. He's going to be that character. He's from the comics. Uh, the The sword is like oh, okay. uh, enchanted with this power, and it's like a lineage that it gets passed down, and the more you use it, the more mad you get. 
so uh, every time you kill someone with that sword, uh, it exudes its sword, its soul, kind of like a katana. <laughs> Here's katana. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah, I, I thought it was cool. I thought it was actually one of the more exciting parts of the movie, and it just so happens to be the very last thing in the movie. <laughs> Again, I go back to that point when I was talking about uh, Venom Two, where like the post credit scenes are more exciting than the entire movie that you just watched. And I feel like that's how it's going to be from now on. Like the movie itself is going to be a placeholder and the post credit scene is going to be the more exciting part of that movie. And then it's just going to start all over again. It's going to be like, hey, I'm glad you came for the movie, but here's here's what's going to happen next. And then the, the part that happens next is equally as like boring, but you get a great stinger at the end. So it, it all made it worth the wild, right? No. Yeah, no. you've said that about every single Marvel project that has come out. Well, except Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi had, yeah, yeah, yeah. had a bunch of moments, but ultimately it it still ended in the, hey, come back next week <laughs> when Shang-Chi finds the Ten Rings again? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah, it, it, and that's, I never really thought of it like that until you first brought it up with Black Widow. Mm. And you just kept mentioning it because it's a very apparent problem. And I really hope that <laughs> No Way Home is like that, where it's just going to be, ah, okay. And then the future of Tom Holland's Spider-Man, boy, you're going to be excited for that. And then it's just, I, I, I really hope that's not what the MCU has devolved into. Because I look forward, I... I wasn't really looking forward to Returnals. Um, I thought, like, okay, it's required viewing. That's the reason why I saw yeah. it. Because I know, like, this is Kevin's... Uh, this is his passion project, so he's going to force this in as much places as he can. So I, I've got to watch this so I can know what the f*** is going on. This was the first time I actually felt manipulated. <laughs> Um, a very one very d distinct moment and it's in when they have uh, Star Fox Harry Styles come out and he's like I'm an eternal I know where your friends are so uh, let's go and the song plays it feels like the first time and if it's a great song that mm -hmm. that song is great but I was like like are you trying to make me feel like the MCU is kind of restarting again like we're starting a new saga like are you trying to get me like excited for this moment you know what I mean like yeah, that, like that's the whole absolutely thing. what was what their intention was. Yeah, and and they tried really hard with one Harry Styles, right? Uh, but uh, that doesn't. I I I'm assuming majority of the MCU uh, fandom like like eh, Harry Styles, okay, great. But they really try to get you with the whole like Thanos brother. He's the brother of Thanos. Yeah, so, that, that's gonna perk some ears. Yeah, so that's. I think everyone got more excited about brother of Thanos than anything else and then Harry Styles came in and it's like oh oh okay cool uh but yeah I'm I'm actually excited about uh Black Knight uh with uh Kid Harrington and the voice of Mahershala Ali's Blade uh, it was great to hear him and I think uh I not think for sure they're setting up uh a little faction uh they're called the Midnight Suns oh okay with and Moon Knight uh, Moon Knight for sure is one of them. Uh, which Oscar Isaac's gonna be playing that character, which is great. Uh, you have a uh, Black Knight, you have Blade, and hopefully we'll get this guy soon. One of my favorites, a uh, Ghost Rider. We need to get him back. Oh my God, yeah. 
and even I would even say maybe uh, Punisher, but uh, that's a little iffy right now. But those four already, it's such a gritty, like, underworld kind of faction where they kill demons and vampires and all the, like, horror, ugly side of the MCU. I really hope the MCU has the guts to go that route and, like, give us, like, true horror. I know Scott Derrickson tried to do that with uh, Doctor Strange 2, and they're like, uh, get out of here. Well, we don't want horror right now, but I really hope they embrace uh, MCU horror because it could be really creepy. Also, part of the Midnight Suns uh, is Doctor Strange. So There you go. There you go. G- give me that, baby. It sounds like a great Disney Plus concept. Yeah, and that that is different. That is something very far off from what the MCU is now. And, like, that's what I want to see. Different sides. Yeah, of because this whole thing that they're setting up with uh, Yelena and Kate Bishop—it's just another side Avengers, but it's the more typical MCU side of the Avengers, more Falcon Winter Soldier kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh I, I'm gonna. I like the actors that are. Pl- that's that's where they get me. Yeah. The. I I like the actors, so I'm gonna enjoy watching it. I hope, mm. but I'm much more excited for the stuff that's out there. Phase four, more like phase bore. Oh. <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up here. Uh, <laughs> actually, I wanted to touch on, uh, hey, we're still in the month of November, baby. Yeah. So let's get an update on the uh, Dr. November movie madness bracket. We're entering round two right now. And uh, hey, it's getting tough, baby. Things are heating up. Oh, it's getting crazy. Yeah, let's let, let's actually just review uh, round one. Let's see who made it out alive on this daring adventure. Uh, round one, we had Goldfinger, or matchup one in round one. We had Goldfinger going up against Live and Let Die, and the number one seed, of course, Goldfinger, you know, making its reigns. 79%. Ooh. Ooh. It was it was a good fight there. Uh, matchup number two was uh, from Russia with love. It's another Sean Connery classic. Uh, number two seed going up against number fifteen seed. Never say never again. I think this was the uh, the non the non Eon uh, film. Right. And, yeah. Uh, from Russia with love. I was trying wow. to remember what like what was that one, and of course <laughs> the one I didn't watch. Yeah. And uh, matchup three, uh, Doctor No, the one that started it all. Uh, going up against number 14, uh, You Only Live Twice. And uh, no surprise, Dr. No uh, won that one. And uh, match number four, we had uh, For Your Eyes Only going up against Casino Royale. And, of course, Daniel Craig got that one. For Your Eyes Only got a whopping 3% of the vote. <laughs> uh, not surprised at all. And number uh, the matchup number five, we had Skyfall going up against the Living Daylights. And no surprise, Skyfall. I see Skyfall win it at all. I'm sorry. It's going to win it. I, uh, but we'll, I we'll talk so. about that in round two. Uh, but let's uh, let's round off the next couple of matchups here. We had License to Kill going up against Thunderball. And a surprise to me, License to Kill won. The underdog here. It came up. So look at that. Yeah. And No Time to Die going up against Goldeneye. And I guess though, word of mouth, the uh, the the popular game, I guess, uh, it, it, you know, uh, the title itself, it, it's a grabber. So it's legendary. Yeah, Goldeneye. It, it won. And 
rounding off round one here is on Her Majesty's Secret Service going up against the spy who loved me. And we got on Her Majesty's uh, Secret Service, who was a uh, Lazenby. Yeah. Yeah, so this he's was still in the, the game. Closest poll. Uh it was fifty five forty five. Every yeah. everything else was a pretty considerable margin. This is the closest one. Yep. And we're gonna move on to round two here. And we have matchup number one. Oh, just really quick. Uh, Roger Moore didn't make it past the first round. Pour one out for Roger Moore. Matchup one here in round two, we got Golden Goldfinger going up against On Her Majesty's Secret Service. So uh, the one outing that Lazenby got is going up against the heavy hitter here, Sean Connery. Uh, Not looking good yeah, yeah. already. Yeah, oof. yeah Goldfinger. Gonna win. Uh, matchup two, we got from Russia with Love going up against Goldeneye, and right now Goldeneye is actually up there, which I'm fine. I'm not surprised. I'm fine with because I mean Sean Connery really had the upper hand like, up against all the other James Bonds. He had six of his seven movies on this list, and a non-Eon <laughs> yeah <laughs> movie too. So uh, he needs to be, you know, get a little peg short. However you say that phrase. Anyways, matchup number three, Dr. No going up against License to Kill. And right now it's pretty close. Yeah. This is the closest one by a percentile. Oh, but I, I would beg to differ because matchup number four, we got Craig on Craig action. Just how I like got it. Ca ca Casino Royale versus Skyfall. This one's a tough one. I'm surprised this one's not closer already. Well, I'm sure we'll get more votes in, but uh, I'm actually spamming uh, 007's uh, Twitter page. Uh, hey, ain't I no have shame. notifications on. A anytime they tweet, I will be there with the movie Madness poll. Didn't uh, someone block you or you were thinking that they were going to block you? Oh, yeah. I think it was the other movie Madness. What was the last one we did? Oh, Godzilla. Uh-huh. Uh, legendary, I think. <laughs> Every time they tweeted, and it was like in the height of like Godzilla versus Kong, like the marketing was big on their Twitter page, and there I was with uh, Godzilla movie madness. Um, I need to check up on them, see if they blocked me or unblocked me. Who knows? Anyways, uh, Casino Royale, Skyfall. Uh, who did you pick? Uh, I had to go with Skyfall. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm sorry. I, I like it. It's a lot better. I, I think uh, Casino Royale is a little too uh, Jason Bourne for me. Yeah, it's a it's a close second, but I mean, you can't beat Skyfall. Skyfall's great. I mean, uh, Adele. Need I say more? No, it speaks for itself. I mean, just going based off the poll here, I think Skyfall is going to take it all. I think in the semifinals, I see. Goldfinger and Skyfall going up against each other, and I see Doctor No and Goldeneye going head to head. Ah, uh, Goldeneye up against Skyfall. Ooh, all the way down. Okay, Gold. Ooh, dang, that'd be spicy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, see, I feel like again, people are associating the video game, and I feel like the video game's a lot better than the movie. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, I just see Skyfall taking it all. Nostalgia kills everyone. Really did you does. not see last night in Soho? Mm, no one yeah. did. No. It only made four million at box office. Made less than Antlers. Really? Yeah. Ooh. 
They're actually flip-flopping the whole weekend. It was like last night in Soho, Antlers, and it was flip-flopping, and Antlers came out up on top. That's sad. Yeah, it really is. Anyways, all right. Well, that's going to do it for us here. Just want to thank all our listeners out there. We love you. I love you. We love you. All right. We love you. <laughs> and you, uh... Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let me get a sip of bang. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to us, and be sure to continue listening to us on all your favorite podcast platforms. You know, Spotify, uh, we got Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, they're doing their own thing. We got Stitcher over here. Google Podcasts. Like? The Google Podcast, all the podcast platforms, uh, except Podbean, we're not on there. Sorry. No, oh, sorry, Podbean. <laughs> <laughs> we're working on it. We'll, we'll, we'll be on all their uh, platforms. Uh, Facebook, we're on Facebook. Yeah, I was just about podcast. to say, we're on they, Facebook. They need to fix their damn podcast uh, platform. But anyways, it's, it's we're Facebook. On there. Yeah. Oh, no, hey, we're on Meta now. We're ah. on Facebook anymore. We're on Meta. You can find us on there. And of course, you can uh, find us on social media, interact with us. Tell us you hate us. Why not? You know, we get yeah, so stir much... some uh, stir some things up. Yeah, yeah, create some controversy, right? Because that's that's what that's what the internet's about, baby. Drama and we should say something that'll get us canceled. Hey, you're editing this one, aren't you? Power of the sun in the palm <laughs> of my hand. Oh, hey, look at you! You're you're quoting uh, Sam Raimi's uh, Spider-Man movies. Such a good line. There's a lot of great lines in those Sam Raimi movies. Oh my god, yeah. So good that uh, the writers were. So lazy, they they just had to cherry pick. I'm sorry, I'm going on a tangent. I'm, I'm I'll save it for when Spider Man uh, Remember the other Spider Man movies comes out. <laughs> that's the title. The, that's the you didn't. You didn't, you didn't. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, they just dropped a new poster. Yeah. They, did you not see the new title? I love how like the poster majority of it is like Sam Raimi Spider Man like tentacles, Green Goblins in the back, just way in the back. Yeah, yeah. But he's there. He's there. Uh, out am I? You can follow us on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Cinema Show Live. Tell us you love us. Tell us you hate us. Tell us what you think about Spider Man. Because I'll tell you what I think about Spider Man. <laughs> and uh, if you don't want to do that, you could do it personally to our faces. Jackson, where can we find you on uh, Twitter so people can harass you? Yeah, uh, come harass me. Uh, tell me I'm stupid for liking Eternals and that I'm an MCU shill. Hey, never uh, you once can do that. Never once did I tell you that you were stupid. No, ah, thank you. Yeah. Someone out there will. Yeah, yeah. That, that's their job. Use yeah. the hashtag. Uh, <laughs> tell me I'm stupid. <laughs> I was trying to kill the hashtag. I wasn't even going <laughs> to mention it. And here you come. <laughs> Uh, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Jackson underscore DML, and you can follow me on Letterboxd with my uh, updated MCU ranking, uh, Jackson DML, all ooh. one, all one uh, name. I'm excited to see your ranking because I have yet to add Eternals to my ranking yet. Mm. I don't know. Just uh... it's a lot higher than you would place it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, definitely. My MCU ranking is really weird. Yeah, I was looking at it the <laughs> other day, and I was like. <laughs> the hell are you doing here man <laughs> yeah i'll i'll go back into it and reconfigure it i will say the top like five six are gonna stay the same no matter what oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. uh and you can follow me uh if you want to see all my rankings you can follow me on litterbox as well why not uh it's the same as my twitter 
D-Y-L-A-N-M-M-5, Dylan. That's right. The only way to spell it. That's going to be it for us here on The Cinema Show. Remember, all films are subjective and it's all about perspective. Have a great day and a better tomorrow. Thank you.